0: Hi, welcome to the Communicate Influence podcast. I'm Sheila Kegel, and my guest today is James Cridland, the globally recognized podcast industry thought leader. James has an incredible amount of knowledge about the podcast industry and is always current. If you don't already, I highly recommend that you subscribe to his industry news briefing, podnews.net. In this episode, James and I talk about the state of podcasting and radio, his upcoming projects, and what makes a podcast episode great. Hi, James, and welcome very much to the podcast. It's a great pleasure. Thank
1: you for uh, asking.
0: And thanks for making the time. I know you're, you're pretty busy. You put out podcast news every day, which I find invaluable. Um, that's one of your projects. What else have you been up to?
1: Yeah, so I I kind of have two different hats. Um, I call myself a radio futurologist um, because it turns out that if you print your own business cards, you can call yourself anything. Um, And so one of the things that I do is I uh, help radio stations understand what the future is. uh, And I've been doing that for the last 15 years or so. And I also, uh, as you say, edit Pod News every day, which is a um, a daily briefing around podcasting and on demand, uh, which you can get for free at podnews.net. Um, and so, yeah, and so both of those things keep me relatively busy. Um, I've uh, just came back uh, last week. I was in Prague and in Barcelona, uh, speaking at some conferences there. Um, but I'm now back in sunny Brisbane for the next uh, couple of months now, until uh, until I have to go to Paris, of all places. In the end of uh, January, so uh, yeah, keeping myself very, very busy.
0: And all this travel is work related, is it?
1: It is. Yes. It's. Um, nobody told me how far away Australia was to everywhere else when I moved here four years ago. <laughs> it turns oh. out to be. It turns out to be a tremendously far, long, long way away. But still, that's uh, know, that's always a good thing.
0: When did you start Pod News?
1: Yeah, so I started doing Podmuse um, in 2015, so uh, two, two years ago, and um, was really sort of working. Sorry, 2015, 2017, which is two years ago. As um, my maths for you. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and it was really, I was at an uh, American radio conference, which of course called itself the Worldwide uh, Radio Conference. Uh, and in typical American style, it had uh, m- mostly people from the U.S. Um, and I think two token foreigners, and I was one of those. Um, and uh, I was in the pub afterwards chatting to one of my American friends, and he said, you know, one of the difficulties is that there is nowhere of getting podcast news and podcast information And I've been following trends around radio for a long, long time, and I thought, I know how to do that, and he's absolutely right. Um, And so I started doing pod news um, at the end of May uh, 2017, um, and I've really enjoyed doing it, actually. It's been a really enjoyable, um, you know, a really enjoyable thing. But I'm not really very new to podcasting. I was actually working. Um, I actually uh, helped launch uh, the world, the UK's first daily podcast from the radio station back in 2005, uh, when I was working for a radio station in the UK called Virgin Radio. And oh, yeah. um, you know, and I was uh, working with them to the best out of um, podcasting back then, and that was uh, in the days before Apple had even included it in the iPod. So it was, um, you know, quite a, you know, quite a first, uh, you know, quite a first thing, I think. Um, and so have been involved with it uh, both my time at Virgin, at the BBC, and as other broadcasters as well ever since.
0: So you you've been really involved in podcasting from the the very early days, even before this this renaissance in podcasting very recently.
1: Yeah, and I think I've seen podcasting grow and change as an industry as well. Um, I remember the first podcast conference that I went to, which was in July, I think, of 2005. And uh, lots of uh, passion podcasters, lots of independent podcasters. And then there was uh, myself and somebody from the BBC, and we were both... um, talking to this uh, conference a uh, small conference in London um, and I remember being you know given quite a hard time because it was seen as being something that was an independent space, um, seen as being something where um, you know broadcasters weren't really welcome and broadcasters couldn't really add anything um, and that was and that was quite interesting um, and I've certainly seen you know obviously now, um uh broadcasters are very much part of podcasting um but of course podcasting is far more than just the the Rogers and the and the iHeart and the BBCs of this world so um you know so it's been interesting seeing how podcasting has uh, changed ever since
0: mm so you've got fantastic insight and you know the fact that you've you've been involved in podcasting as well as radio for such a long period of time that that puts you in a, a unique position really you can comment on um, you know the trends that you've seen come and go there was kind of that like there was the rise of podcasting and then it, it kind of moved away from the you know the top trends so to speak and then suddenly in the past few years it, it's really surged and everyone is getting into podcasting why do you think that's happened
1: yeah, I mean, I think there was a rise. Certainly, in um, 2006 to 2009, there was a nice sort of increase in people getting interested in uh, podcasting because it was something that came with the uh, with the iPod um, and something that came, you know, with the first um, uh, with the first iPhone as well. Um, and then you're absolutely right. There was a sort of a leveling off um, for some time. And I think it's become more interesting uh, partially because um, U.S. radio has become less interesting. U.S. radio Mm -hmm. is much more, more, uh, um, you know, joined together, is much less local, is much less, it takes much uh, far fewer risks. And most of the large radio companies in the U.S., certainly the commercial ones, um, are you know, knee deep in debt um, and they're there trying to save as much money as they possibly can. So obviously, programming has uh, suffered there. And I think that probably meant that people were looking for more stimulating audio than they were getting from their radio station, which is probably why we've seen, certainly in the last five years or so, a significant increase in the amount of um, awareness of podcasting now. And the amount of people consuming it, but I also think you know it's 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 hit that sort of um, that sort of stage now where uh, podcasting is now beginning to grow very fast, and so therefore lots of other people are talking about it and investing into it. Um, and when you invest into an industry, that typically means that that industry continues to um, to grow. So I think we're seeing you know sort of a good, uh, um, a happy coincidence of radio taking less risks and being less exciting but also people beginning to invest more in the content for podcasting as well Uh, and that's been a good thing.
0: Hmm. And uh, I guess there are there are lots of other factors aren't there you know for example you can pretty well listen to a podcast almost anywhere you know you could plug in a set of headphones and listen when you're You're out walking, when you're jogging, when you're at the gym, when you're on the way to work. I mean, sometimes I even listen when I'm at work if I'm doing something that doesn't need intense focus. So it's kind of like that lifestyle shift as well. And the fact that, you know, small uh, independents, just like me, can set up a podcast if they want to. So those kind of factors play into it.
1: Yeah, I think there's a big change in how people have consumed Um, you know, how people have consumed podcasting uh, in the past. You're absolutely right that lots of podcasts are listened to while you're out and about, while you're doing other things. That's the benefit of mobile phones and the benefit of what we actually have. Although actually, the most popular place to listen to a podcast is at home. Um, So, you know, it's, it's often thought as being something that we listen to while we commute, while we're, you know, on the bus or on the train going to work or something else, but you know the the um, but you know at home listening is also particularly high, um, and uh, you know so I find that really interesting. Um, but I also think that you know podcasting is actually filling a hole that media hasn't really um, hasn't really grasped. If you look at uh, spoken word uh, radio in particular then that is mostly listened to by older people. It's mostly listened to by 55 plus. So, you know, CBC Radio 1 as one example, or the the BBC Radio 4, uh, or the ABC's um, uh, output as well, is typically very strong with older listeners and not particularly strong with younger audiences at all. And podcasting is different. Um, Podcasting is actually a different type of programming, a different type of, content which actually means that you know that's easier in terms of uh, reaching younger audiences and that's probably why we're now seeing broadcasters um spending quite a lot of time in terms of podcasting because that is opening up a whole new uh, audience to them that they're not reaching with their radio stations um so uh, here in australia as one example um the abc which is the public service broadcaster here has a very successful youth radio station, which is called Triple J, and a really successful uh, local radio network um, uh, as well. The local radio network is 55, 60 plus. Uh, the youth radio station is really up until 25. And then between 25 and 55, you, you've got nothing really. Um, so what they've done is they have spent a lot of time in producing um Bespoke podcasts, which are aimed at thirty-something, uh, thirty-something females mostly, um, because that is an area where the ABC is not actually uh, currently uh, reaching. And you can see that you know other other broadcasters, the CBC in Canada, and so on, are doing very very similar as well. So there's actually quite a lot of good uh, strategy in there too.
0: Hmm. It's interesting as well. The older audience, you know, that kind of 55 plus and 60, 75 plus. I've met a few older people who have said, you know, I really want to listen to a podcast and I just don't know how to. So do you think there's a bit of a a technological barrier there or some kind of mysteriousness around podcasting that that if older people were pointed into the right place, they'd start listening?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think actually, and there's a lot of research uh, that's come out of the US uh, in this, that, that actually, yes, there are some people who don't know how to listen, but there are many more people who don't know why. And, you know, if you don't know why you should listen to a podcast, if you don't know what uh, a podcast, you know, why a podcast differs from the other media that you consume, then you know what's the point. So um, I think actually we've got a lot of work in terms of communicating what podcasts are and particularly what sort of content you can actually get on there. And I think one of the turning points last year was Dr. Phil, who started a podcast of his own, Fill in the Blanks. And that seems to really attract a lot of people who simply did not know how podcasts worked in the past, but they wanted to have a listen because they're loyal to what Dr. Phil is all about. Um, And so I think, you know, that is a very, you know, that's a very good example of just actually seeing how... Um, how great content is driving this rather than necessarily teaching people what the Apple Podcasts button looks like on on their phone um, or, you know, telling them how to download Google Podcasts. Uh, it's more a conversation around, you know, what sort of content you can actually get on there and why it differs from the type of content that you already have available on the TV, on r- radio and so on. Um, mm. And I think, you know, also you can have a look at things like, at um, uh, things like uh, uh, scripted podcasts, you know, audio drama, as I would call it, being a Brit, um, <laughs> which is something which is, you know, tremendously exciting for a lot of people because they've simply not heard that on the radio ever, um, because most uh, uh, countries stopped doing audio drama about uh, 30 or 40 years ago so yeah. you know so actually that's brand new audio that people haven't actually heard so uh, you know again uh, I think quite a lot of this comes down to content more than more than anything else.
0: I think that's so true I mean you know if you if you start talking to people about the type of content and just uh, how interesting some podcast shows are and just the you know sheer variety um, that can really draw in listeners as opposed to explaining the technology and how to listen. Yeah, it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know, I mean, some some research, you know, again, has been done about why people start listening to podcasts, and a lot of that is around word of mouth and um, you know recommendations from other podcasters as well. But actually, word of, word of mouth is the most important thing, um, you know, which is a good thing from the point of view of um, how podcasts work, but also how generally we recommend other things to our friends.
0: I find that re- really um, a good point because I'm sure it was your newsletter in which I read something last week that talked about word of mouth and um, passing on recommendations to your friends. And I think some podcasters, when they're working on you know a new podcast, getting their downloads up, getting, making sure that people are aware of their show. They focus on all the technical things like SEO, etc. And we forget to remind listeners, you know, of, hey, if you like this show, tell your colleagues, tell your friends. That yeah. is so effective.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And I think that that's a very important thing because actually then you can actually, you know, hold people's hands and point them to, you know, talk about the how. Um, but only after you've talked to them about the what. What will you What will you hear? Right. Here's how how it works. Um, here's a podcast app that w- that will work for you. Um, and I think that's an important part too.
0: Yeah, I'm sure every podcaster would love to ask you this question, so I'll ask on their behalf. What What in your view makes a a really good podcast show and a good podcast episode?
1: Oh gosh. Um... Well, maybe two things I would say on that. Uh, first thing is um, uh, a podcast. Quite a lot of people ask me how long a podcast should be. Um, and my answer to that is, is always a podcast should be as long as it needs to be, but not a minute longer, um, because that's, that's really important. So actually, my definition of a good podcast is one that has been well edited, um, one that has been well uh, crafted, because um, uh, any podcast that respects the audience's time is an important thing. Um, So that's probably one thing. I think the other thing is, um, and I'm noticing this with a lot of different podcasts now, that um, people are going away, they're recording a series of maybe eight episodes. They're releasing that as a podcast. Um, And that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with uh, doing that but if you um if you just record eight episodes back to back and then release those, then you're kind of ignoring the audience and some of the best podcasts that I've heard are podcasts where you actually hear audience participation going on as you listen so a good example of that, for example, is um, uh, is a podcast that I was listening to. Uh, very recently called the Missing Crypto Queen and the Missing Crypto Queen it's a BBC podcast and you think oh well it's got 400 people working on it it's got two people working on it um, mm-hmm. and it's been looking for um, a particular uh, person who has uh, so the podcast says frauded people out of lots of money um, Now, that's a really good podcast and a really interesting podcast. And again, they produced eight episodes or or however long it was. But what they also did is they didn't finish making them until they were actually ready to stick them into the podcast feed. So, uh, episode two, you heard people reacting to episode one, Um, and you heard different ideas coming from the audience. Which they then followed up in episode three and episode four and so on and so forth. And it makes you feel part of a club. It makes you feel part of something that's more than just listening to some pre-recorded content. Um, so uh, you know. So I would certainly say that what makes a great podcast is to include that um, that listener reaction. And to be able to um, and, and to be able to use the benefit of audio which is that it's really easy to um to edit to add stuff um, to make a a podcast really sound of the moment you know that's a really important thing too
0: it's actually it could be quite challenging to to get the the listeners the audience involved uh, are there kind of special ways that you you would recommend doing that you know would it be on Perhaps if you have a Facebook page or on your website or Reddit, is that how how you'd uh, recommend people? Yeah, I mean, quite
1: a lot of podcasts will do that. It depends on what your podcast is is aimed at. If your podcast is aimed at, you know, computer games or stuff, then Reddit is a great place um, to have a community around who your podcast listeners are. If if it's more around, uh, let's say, parenting, then maybe Facebook might be a a better place and so on. But yeah, you know, I mean, we're certainly seeing uh, a bunch of that sort of thing going on. But just, you know, reminding people how to get in touch is usually a good thing, both in the audio as well as in the show notes. Show notes are wonderful things, but not everybody reads them. And actually, not every podcast app shows them very well. Uh, So making sure that you actually, you know, mention that uh, in your podcast, probably near the end rather than at the start you know, is a good plan. So um, you know, so that's one way of uh, of of uh, doing that too. I know that there are uh, many podcasters in North America who use the who, who use the uh, the telephone as well, um, and they have a 1-800 number, and um, you know, and away you go. Um, I, I, I think that probably works in North America. It might not work, uh, you know, elsewhere. But 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 again, you know, just sort of different ways of getting in touch is um you know is always a good plan
0: yeah exactly i really like that idea it's something that i want to want to do and uh, i think i mentioned in my intro my first ever episode that i'd love people to get in touch so i need to uh, give that message again um and and tell us what what will you be up to in in the first few months of 2020 what kind of plans do you have in your in your diary well
1: um at the moment i mean i think one of the one of the slightly weird things about being a keynote speaker, um, uh, as I sort of half earned my money uh, from, is, um, uh, is that you're never quite sure what you're going to be doing, in, <laughs> you know, in three or four months away. Um, so I know I'm coming to, um, uh, I know I'm going to uh, Paris for the European radio show at the end of January, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, One yeah. of the things that they're doing there is they have a full day around podcasting. Um, and so that'll be uh a nice uh, way to get my 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 uh, b- both of my hats, my radio hat and my podcast hat uh, there um, and i'm also um, and I think it 's in May, but I could well be wrong uh, speaking at a Christian radio conference in uh, Orlando um, which was postponed uh, last year after they managed to uh, they managed to schedule it at the same time as the as the uh, large uh, tornadoes um, and so and so and so about yeah, yeah, yeah. and so uh, amusingly an act of god actually stopped the <laughs> the christian radio conference going ahead <laughs> um but i'm really looking forward to um to uh, to to uh, speaking at that i think that that sort of shows um uh, you know what? Um, what both podcasting and radio is very good at, which is uh, intimacy, which is um, you know a community feel, and a community of, of, of that type is you know is really is really useful. Um, so I'm doing a fair amount of that, but also you know just uh, focusing on um, on the uh, podcasting newsletter, and making sure that uh, that has. Um, you know, some interesting uh, stories on there. And I think, you know, one of the things that is great but also quite difficult is that I do both the writing of the of the n- newsletter, which, by the way, has to be every single day because it turns out that, uh, you know, in... In Canada, Thanksgiving is a is a different time of year than in America, and um, you know, etc., etc. And we don't do Thanksgiving at all in Australia, um, and so uh, and so I have to write that every day, which is one thing. But I also do all of the tech on the website as well, uh, and there's um, and there are things that I want to change about how the website works, and of course that will be, uh, you know, uh, quite a lot of work behind the scenes that probably nobody will actually see. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's important, I think, just to uh, make sure that I'm doing that bit right too. Um, because I think, you know, one of the interesting things about being involved in podcasting is you really do have to know everything. You have to know everything from mm. how the equipment works to how podcast hosts work to... Uh, you know, to the technology of your own website and so on and so forth. And I think you can't probably write about that unless you're also experiencing that too. And so from my point of view, I'm very keen that, you know, I host my own podcast, I produce a podcast every day. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm producing my own stats for that and so on and so forth. And so actually making sure that that is done in a sensible way uh, manner is again a very useful uh, a very useful tool
0: yeah it must be a lot of work for you james i mean I've, I've worked on newsletters in the past and uh i don't think they were as meaty as yours and uh as you said, you're producing it every day, so that that must be t- quite uh, time-consuming for you. Yeah, I
1: mean, the most the most interesting thing is when I'm about to get on a fourteen-hour flight, and they're going right. I've got twenty minutes to write pod news today. <laughs> how, how quickly can I possibly can I can I manage that? And so you'll notice when you listen to the the uh, the podcast, is that um, normally it's a nice, highly produced affair with you know music and. And, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and occasionally you can just hear it's just me talking into a mobile phone in an airport um, uh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes you kind of have to do that. Um, exactly. But, yeah. but
0: yeah. Well, it's consistency, isn't it? It is. That's it's making so sure
1: that it's there, yeah. it's there every single day. I think one of the things, I built a, a, a classified advertising tool for the newsletter and i think one of the things that i forgot to build in was the concept of holidays um so you know people have already booked christmas day <laughs> so i i have to write something oh. on that day um so right. you know so that's all that's all a little bit of fun so um yeah but uh, you know but it's a, it is really enjoyable and i think one of the one of the things that i really enjoy is people getting in touch and saying how helpful they find it and how useful you know certain certain things are and also just watching people um watching people you know read it watching people uh uh find interesting stories that they are clicking on because obviously i'm measuring all of that to work out what stories people like um that again is absolutely mm. fascinating um and it's been really good fun doing it f- for the last couple of years and i hope that uh, i'll be doing it for m- many more
0: that's great i mean as i mentioned earlier i certainly appreciate it and any any podcasters out there i definitely recommend that if you haven't already you definitely should uh, should subscribe to pod news so james um I'm curious about the the Pod News podcast. Um, I've listened to it a couple of times, but mostly I, I listen to uh, sorry, I read your, yeah. your newsletter. Um, I'm curious about the the podcast, what that has been like for you, producing it, hosting it, etc, sometimes having to rush it, sometimes having lots of time. What's that experience like as a host?
1: yeah I mean, it's fun and it's a really enjoyable thing. it's It's one of the things that I enjoy doing most actually, of finishing writing the newsletter and then turning it into a podcast which is available there. But one of the things that I've discovered about that is that um, if your podcast is the right length, i e it's nice and short and this podcast is only three minutes long and it's every single day, then smart speakers are really interesting and a really important part. So about half of my total traffic, uh, of my total downloads, are coming from smart speakers. It's people in the morning, saying to their smart speaker, "Play me the news," and they have put pod news in as one of those uh, as one of those pieces of um, of, of uh, news in there. Um, and that's been really interesting because typically nobody listens to podcasts on smart speakers. Um, but if you do the right podcast, if you do the right content, um, then you can really see that actually it's something that lots of people uh, end up using. So um, yeah, so that that I found really interesting and quite surprising.
0: Wow, that's really cool. I mean, is it because you've got news in the name, Pod News?
1: Uh, I mean, it's popping up because I've made sure that it does pop up, um, and I found the right people to <laughs> talk to at Google and uh, and at um, and at uh, Amazon. But also, um, I think, you know, again, it's what that product is. It's a short um, overview of what's happening in the podcasting world. Um, and it's nowhere near as useful, I think, as the newsletter itself. But it's uh, certainly a, a handy thing if you're, um, you know, if you're in the shower or, um, or you know, driving to work. Um And so, you know, I I, I found that very interesting um, that there are, you know, that different types of podcasts get consumed in very different ways. And I think that's something that is uh, really useful for anybody that's actually sticking to sticking um, audio together just to remind themselves that actually it's not a one size fits all. Just because most people use Apple Podcasts for something or other doesn't necessarily mean that Apple Podcasts will be the biggest for you. It isn't uh, the biggest way that people listen to my podcast, as an example. So, you know, I think there's some really interesting things that we can learn there.
0: Yeah. Well, James, it's been really great talking to you, really insightful. And I've got no doubt that uh, podcasters and listeners out there are going to um, hear lots of uh, interesting insights and ideas so oh, thank been, you so much. It's been pleasure and thanks for, uh,
1: um, thanks for uh, inviting
0: me on. Oh, thank you again and thanks for your time because I know how busy you are so um, good luck with everything and your plans next year and I'm, I'm going to look forward to more interesting um, copies, editions of, of Pod Indeed. News All going good. forward. Thanks. Okay take care.